The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob and Chez Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week There's no better way to troll your Trump supporter friends than by picking up Bubble Genius's own tiny orange hand soap set Give yourself a hand or take two They're small, tiny in fact Teeny tiny. They're orange, of course, and smells appropriately of circus peanuts in honor of the GOP's clown dictator. Am I right, folks? Only $12 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. It was not written for Chiefs. Hear me. Hear this! Among my people, we carry many such words as this from many lands, many worlds. Many are equally good and are as well respected. But wherever we have gone, no words have said this thing of importance in quite this way. Look at these three words written larger than the rest with a special pride never written before or since. Tall words proudly saying, We the people. That which you called Eid Plebnista was not written for the chiefs or the kings or the warriors or the rich or the powerful, but for all the people. Down the centuries you have slurred the meaning out of the words, We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this Constitution. These words and the words that follow were not written only for the Yangs, but for the Kongs as well. The Kongs? They must apply to everyone, or they mean nothing. Do you understand? I do not fully understand. The best music on the best station. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh, I don't remember. It is Thursday, September 8, 2016. And this is the Bob and Chez Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm Bob Seska. That is Chez Pazienza sitting right over there. What's right. a lepo? What's a lepo? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, I, actually, I, feed, uh, I feed my dog a lepo. <laughs> Isn't he the guy who made Pinocchio? I don't know. Clearly, Gary Johnson doesn't either. All right, we're brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. Get free legal advice at thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez. Or just click the link on the podcast page. Go and do it now. I ordered a really good lasagna from Aleppo over in Beverly Hills. <laughs> you know, my favorite restaurant is Buca de Aleppo. Mm-hmm. I love that place. I- <laughs> I love their family-style meals. 
All right, yeah, we're going to talk about Gary Johnson in just a second. Gary Johnson made a boner. <laughs> there was a Gary Johnson boner blooper. Not literally a boner. Remember just. back in the old days? Remember in the old days, bloopers were called boners? Were they? Yeah. I used to have... Oh, a- how, the, how, the, how in the f*** do you come off as older than me? <laughs> I don't know. I used you're to- younger than I am. I used to have a record album that had like all, a bunch of, uh, and the, on the cover of the record album, it was boners, bloopers, and practical jokes. Wow. It's like, wow, boners? What's that? Okay. That wasn't, that certainly wasn't the show with Dick Clark, because by that time, Dick Clark couldn't get a boner. <laughs> That's right. Ed McMahon could, except it required copious amounts of scotch. Yes. All right. Um, oh, by the way, 50th anniversary, the first airing of, the, of Star Trek today. So I, uh, we yeah, were Scott, treated Scott to Mendelson, my... Scott Mendelson uh, over at Forbes uh, wrote a really good piece today about, very, very correct, about how Star Trek Beyond should have opened today. Oh, yeah. God damn that it. Would have been, that would have made it seem more important because, honestly, it kind of fell by the wayside in terms of blockbusters. It did okay. But, honestly, yeah. th- that was a freaking spectacular movie. Yeah. You know, I've heard so much about it. I haven't it seen it yet. really, I... really good. In yeah. fact, I actually am inclined to say that I think it's – I mean, look, Wrath of Khan has obviously a special place in my heart. But mm. it's certainly the best Star Trek movie since Wrath of Khan. But yeah. I'm, I'm dying to see it. So you think it's better than – than the other two J.J. Abrams movies. I, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of the 2009 one. I yeah. really, really am. I love that. That was one of the rare movies I saw in the uh, theater twice. But, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's brilliant. It's fun. It's well-written. It's really zippy. You don't need to know a lot about it to, to sort of get right into it. And it has, uh, as anyone who's seen it will know, it has an awesome callback to the first uh J.J. Abrams movie. Man, if one day they do that preamble of the Constitution thing mm-hmm. on one of the movies, especially one of the new uh, reboot movies. Among my people. Among my people. I mean, this is William Shatner in that, in that I just noticed it for the first time today. It's my favorite clip of audio that we've ever played here. Absolutely, hands down, my favorite clip of audio. But I love it when he says, among my people. Among my people. He almost says, he says people in a real way, like like weird way. Like it, like the last uh, letters are P-I-L-L. Among my people. He's, people. Uh, he, that, that's Sanchez, that's uh, Shatner at his most Rick Sanchez-iest. <laughs> Or vice versa, as we used to always say when we worked with him. Domestic tranquility. <laughs> I do not. And Gary Johnson, I do not fully understand <laughs> what Aleppo is. I do not fully understand. That's right. Yeah, that and right. Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> all right. So I guess we got to get this b- brief bit of business out of the way before we jump all over Gary Johnson. But, uh, yeah, the site was down for, like, 30 hours. I know. I know it was. And believe me, (laughs) the last 30 hours have been stressful as hell. Up until about last night, when I finally got the website just entirely off the the existing hosting company. I just said, you know what, F this. Because originally, what it was is, and we determined this, that it was one of those uh, denial-of-service attacks. That's where we we got hit by that. Uh, so just, it really was. You were hacked. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, it wasn't a hack. Literally, know, it was just one of those I mean, things. Where they, I'm yeah. using hack in the. In other words, you were attacked. Yeah, attacked. You're right. Right. So where they just they hit the site so much that it actually disables the site, and that happened about three hours after the show went live Tuesday morning. So that was really why good. I was, they do, well, no, no, no. I take it back. I'm not <laughs> even going to ask the stupid question why they would do that. Yeah. Why they would bother with you? Of course, it's because you, you know, you I, I spent on the you took on the the <laughs> yeah. Greenwaldian Jill Stein. 
And then on the uh, on the podcast Tuesday morning, what was I? Uh, I was talking about. I was talking disparagingly about Weave and uh, and who are the other guys? Jacob Applebaum, all the uh, the hackers that revolve around Glenn Greenwald. And then of course I spent three days fighting all of Glenn Greenwald's minion on Twitter. So that was uh, I, I imagine. I mean, I'm not pointing fingers necessarily, but maybe that contributed to, to to the whole thing. I mean, I don't know. But I finally got the site back up. And, I mean, uh, look, I don't, and, I don't write about hackers a lot. I don't, honestly. Um, yeah. And I, I don't, I'd like to think that, that the reason that I don't write about them doesn't have anything to do with uh, a sort of fear of repercussions. But certainly that, that has to be a, a, a thought that runs through your head. And that's a crappy, crappy thing mm-hmm. that you have to think like, all right, you know what? There are people out there now who will just basically rip my life apart. Yeah. All because I said something online that they don't like. You exactly know, they, right. They, they, yelling at you on Twitter is not enough or leaving hostile comments or whatever. That's fine. You know, it's, it's, it's the price of doing business when you're, um, when you're working online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the whole idea is that you said something so awful that we're, we're going to just dismantle your life. That's exactly right, and that's that's pretty much what they did. I mean, it was just it was like an ongoing ordeal where one problem would get resolved and then another problem would crop up, and and they were hitting the site so frenetically that even when the site was down, they the site couldn't be moved, the site couldn't be migrated elsewhere because it was getting just getting nailed. I mean, it was just one of those things where they just they must have been hitting either the podcast or a search field or trying to log into the site using the uh, the after-party login or something like that where they just pound it and just completely disabled it. But I will say it's a lot better than what happened to me four years ago, which was a legitimate hacking by and, right, of and, course. and verifiably politically motivated. I mean, it was I mean, the hashtags all over my site were uh, hashtag Team Romney. Which was weird. God, that's yeah. That's the funny. That's the strangest thing. Since, yeah. I mean, I get that at the time that was sort of all anybody had, but yeah, like yeah. Romney <laughs> is so not the I kind know. of person who would you would consider to be you know a friend a friend to the hacker community. That's right. You know, he's no he's no Trump. He's no alt right. Yeah, but I mean, that time what they did is they got into my email, they got into my YouTube yeah. account, they got into the website, they got into uh, WordPress, they got into everything that I had my passwords and usernames attached to because all they were able to do, they were able to get into one one of the uh, email servers I, I was using at the time was Hotmail. Duh, duh, what an idiot. But I had Hotmail at the time, and they got into my Hotmail account. And from there, it was just sort of the uh, the skeleton key that opened up everything else for them. And they got into everything. It was like one of those nightmare scenarios where you wake up and you go, oh, my God, someone's been looking through all of my email. You know, this was a, and it was po- obviously politically motivated, as I said. And, and fortunately, this time wasn't as bad. But there's still, you know, two months to go. <laughs> I want to talk about Gary Johnson. We're gonna, we're absolutely gonna talk about the uh, Commander in Chief forum last night on NBC News, which was just a, a, a complete disaster. I An mean, abortion. Obviously, most of the time we're gonna be spending is on whatever the hell Trump was saying, which is just this whole myriad of, of gibberish and nonsense. I don't know how the top news story in every newspaper across the country is a Republican candidate makes ass of himself. Yeah, but, yeah. of course, today it's going to be all Gary Johnson and Aleppo. So, I mean, <laughs> Gary Johnson, uh, I hope uh, Donald Trump's uh, check is <laughs> is cashed. Because, yeah. I mean, Gary Johnson just saved Donald Trump today. 
Well, I mean, the overall idea here with, with Donald Trump is yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, Donald Trump tweeted out something about Hillary Clinton's uh, coughing before one of her addresses. I believe it was on Tuesday. She was speaking publicly, and right before it, she was clearing her throat and, was, and started coughing. And, of course, this is the big red flag of, for all of the conspiracy theorists and the Republicans that, that Hillary Clinton is, has brain damage and she's unhealthy and she's not. Basically, the, the subtext is she's an old granny. She should be sitting in a rocking chair with a shawl around her shoulders, not running for president. Right. That's the whole the, the whole idea behind it. It's basically driven by sexism. But uh, so uh, Donald Trump tweeted this out the other day about the hacking. He wrote, mainstream media never covered Hillary's massive, quote unquote, hacking or coughing attack. Yet it is number one trending. What's up? He said, well, after last night, the fact that there isn't a Donald Trump has brain damage meme or uh, uh, a talking point going around today is astonishing to me because there should be. I mean, things that he was saying last night, um, I can't even begin to, to start to, to list them all. But we're going to talk about Donald, uh, Donald Trump talking about Iraq. We're going to talk about Donald Trump's p- a secret plan for ISIS, forming a military court somehow, which already exists. And he didn't know it. We're going to talk about his incoherent answer on Mexico. Um, all these things, that just one thing after another. Every single Donald Trump answer was full of gibberish. And, and then inside of the gibberish, inside of the actual content, was just language that didn't make any sense. Him repeating himself. I mean, it just, it, to me, it just screams out brain damage. And I'm not saying this just to, well, yeah, I guess I kind of am. I'm saying this to turn the tables on the brain damage thing. But uh, but there is some truth to it. I mean, I don't think he literally has brain damage. I just think he's a moron. I just think he's way, way out of his depth. And so he vamps and he throws in nonsense and gibberish and non sequiturs into his language. And of it makes course, him sound stupid. Of course stupid. he does. We have talked about this before. He yep. is the quintessential... Uh, you know, high school student or elementary school student, whatever, who <laughs> yep. didn't study for his exam and so tries to bull his way through it. He knows nothing about anything. He is proudly, proudly ignorant because his whole life has just been one one giant con, one big dodge. <laughs> That's right. And now he figures he can bring that. You know, why not? It's worked for him so far. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get it. We're going to dive in with both feet after we talk about Harry's raises. All right, let's do that. I'm cleanly shaven this morning. I mean, we could have started the show maybe 10 minutes earlier if I hadn't taken the time to shave, but I did. I did. I know it's, it's way early, and I had to shave anyway. i got to talk about Harry's razors with a cleanly shaven face. All right. I've been using Harry's shaving products for many, many months now. I've spent a lot of time on the air and off telling people about how much I love Harry's. As I said before, I get a close, smooth, comfortable shave with Harry's, a shave that's every bit as good as the big name brands for a whole lot less money. I love the German-engineered blades that come straight from Harry's factory to me. I even love the packaging. No middleman, no trips to the stores, no more crazy prices. Harry's blades cost half of what the big brands charge. I love it. But you know what I really love? I love the way other razor companies jack up their prices whenever they come out with a new model. I don't really love that. Uh, But Harry's has a new five-blade cartridge. It includes a softer flex hinge for an even more comfortable shave, a trimmer blade for hard-to-get places. I love that... That one space just below your nose can't get it without that trimmer blade. A lubricating strip and a textured handle for more more control when it's wet. 
And the price didn't go up a penny. I love that, too. But it makes Harry's introductory offer even sweeter. That weighted handle, great-smelling moisturizing shave cream, three of those amazing cartridges, and a travel cover for just 10 bucks. Normally, 15 bucks. Harry's knocks off $5 when you use the code B-A-N-D-C at harrys.com. That's B-A-N-D-C for Bob and Jez. Stay away from those cheap disposables and stop paying too much for quality. Support this show, your face and your wallet, by using the code B-A-N-D-C at harrys.com. The Bob and Jez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to today's program, if we're even online. I think we are. (laughs) We are now. And you you know who I really have to thank? You know who's the MVP in all of this? Weirdly, my brother, Brian. And, uh, you know, I've been having this uh, ongoing problem with, with web hosting. And... You know, my brother works for a web hosting company, and I never, the big doofus I am, I never thought, well, maybe I should just talk to my brother about helping me out, helping out the site, helping out the podcast. And of course, uh, he he rose to the challenge and and totally, totally uh, helped me out and got me all hooked up with uh, with his hosting company. So thank you again to him for that. All right, let's dive into Gary Johnson, who's the libertarian candidate for president. Uh, was at was on Morning Joe, and was asked by Mike Barnacle <laughs> what he would do about Aleppo. I do not fully understand. And Aleppo is, of course, the what is it? The second largest city in Syria. Here's a uh, here's Gary Johnson's uh, answer, uh, and also uh, Mike Barnacle's question. <laughs> Morning Joe, this morning. Oh my God! What would you do if you were elected about Aleppo? About Aleppo. And what is Aleppo? You're kidding. No. Aleppo is in Syria. It's the, uh, it's the epicenter of the refugee crisis. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Oh, well, okay. Oh, okay, oh, I got it. Okay, now I understand. See, now, on one hand, horrible answer. On the other hand, you know what? He was being honest. You know, but I, I will say this. I mean, as a politician, the way you handle this is if you don't know what the premise of the question is, you, you, you probe further. You ask, you reverse it and ask the, the moderator a question what do you, back. What do, think, what do you think about Aleppo? What do you think about Aleppo? Or what specifically about Aleppo? To at least give you a clue so you can BS your way through the answer. Like, well, I mean, what, what specifically? And then Mike Barnacle would have to say, well, the refugee crisis. <laughs> so, well, oh, okay. Syria. Right. Bing, bing, bing. All right. Got it. I got it. And then so then uh, and then he's able to answer the question. But instead, he's like, I do not fully understand. <laughs> Just completely flummoxed the whole thing. And and then it became basically like the topic of conversation throughout the morning on Morning Joe. Let's continue with this clip here. With regard to Syria, um, I do think that it's a mess. I think that the only way we, we, that we deal with Syria uh, is to join hands uh, with Russia to diplomatically bring that at an end. But when we've aligned ourselves with, when we've supported the... By the way, aligning with Russia is the uh, Trump plan for yeah. Syria. Um, and, yeah. and, and by the way, Gary John, this guy... I do not fully understand. 
is polling at what, 10, 11%, 9%, somewhere in that range. Mm. And that's because Donald Trump is, is more of an idiot than he is. Oh, let's continue on here. Opposition, uh, the Free Syrian Army. The Free Syrian Army is also uh, coupled with, uh, with the Islamists. Uh, and then the fact that we're also supporting the Kurds. Uh, and this is, is just, it. it's, he yeah. is just faking it. He's right. pulling a Trump. Right. He's just he's trying just to talk. He's talking in generalities. Jesus mm. Christ. The idea that Hillary Clinton is up against these fucking clowns. Yeah. You know, maybe you don't like her. Maybe you think, uh, you know, maybe you think she's stiff. Maybe you got a problem. I don't know. Who the hell knows? You know, I mean, maybe you're an idiot and believe, you know, as I wrote forever ago, 25 years worth of Republican smears. You know, or maybe you do have a legitimate problem with her. But for God's sakes, she's qualified. She yep. knows her shit. That is something that isn't even up for debate. That is not opinion. It's fact. And, and you know, by the way, Aleppo was in the news. It's not like it's it's something that's right, out of left yeah. field. Like, I don't know what this word even is or where it's coming from. Why are you asking me about Aleppo in Syria? Well, I mean, there's there was huge uh, chemical gas attacks there right. in recent weeks. Uh, and it was targeted by uh, by bombing strikes as well. Uh, God. <laughs> and bombing strikes, by the way, on its hospitals. And that's that's what's been happening in in Aleppo for the last uh, I don't know almost a month now, hasn't it? And and and, he, and Gary Johnson is unaware, has not clearly has not been briefed by any sort of foreign policy advisors, doesn't even recognize the word. I mean, if you've been briefed about Syria, the word Aleppo is going to come into the equation at some point, and you can at least say. Oh, that thing, Syria. And so now, finally, now he's getting it. So now he's like, words, words, um, things, and Syria, uh, the Kurds, Iraq, and um, Assad, and also the free Syrian and ISIS yeah, and the other thing. Just, he's basically just dropping. It's a Mad Libs. It's a Mad Libs, yes. Where he's dropping, you know, he's dropping every single word associated with Syria. That's right. Let's continue with this because it gets even uh, more uncomfortable. It's just a mess. And that this is the result of uh, regime change uh, that we end up supporting. And um, is this what? Syria is a result of regime change change that, just knows mm, nothing mm, no no he just not. knows nothing nothing <laughs> nothing and, know, it's uh, like it's like again this is where you take people like him and stein and you're just like no you know what you you don't know yeah, anything that's right you're not even you're not even a viable third party candidate oh yeah yeah i mean if you were somebody who were who, who really know what knew what the hell they were talking about at the very least i'd be like oh, all right you know what at least you're a serious person you may not stand the chance, but you're a serious person. Yeah. And I respect you for that. And so, you know, I mean, while uh, Gary Johnson does have elected experience, I mean, yes. he was the uh, the governor of New Mexico, for God's sake. I don't know how that, that actually happened. But uh, like Jill Stein has no, I mean, she was elected right. to one yeah, that's, thing. That's, some, un, that's unfair of me to, to compare the two directly. Yeah. But I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is they're both wildly out of their depth. They have yes. no business. And the only reason they're here is because of this both sides, lesser of two evils bullshit contrarianism that's going on with the major two parties and Donald Trump especially giving him a pass and grading him on a curve so everyone starts to look to well Trump is a nightmare so what about this libertarian candidate or what about on the other side what about Jill Stein 
And that's why and that's how this happens. In, instead of actually seeing the reality of the election for what it is and understanding the stakes of the election, the far right glomming on to Gary Johnson, the far left glomming on to Jill Stein is just ignorance to its fullest extent. I mean, that's just like saying, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm starving here, so I'm just going to eat sand. I, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, again, Jill Stein has no qualifications. Did anyone vote for Jill Stein in a primary? Do you remember anyone saying, oh, I got to run out and support Gary Johnson in the Libertarian Party primary? And then meanwhile, they'll say, well, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders, blah, blah, blah. And then Hillary Clinton stole and the DNC and, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz stole the election. And we never had a chance to, to cast our ballot for the primary. Yeah, right. Good luck. Did you pass your ballot for the, on the, in the Green Party primary? Or was, uh, was Jill Stein just coronated as the nominee? Yeah. Ask yourself that. All right. So we haven't even gotten to the really good scolding part. And that's where anyone who screws up on Morning Joe has to face the wrath of Mr. Sarcasmo, <laughs> Mr. Chastising, Mr. Scolding uh, Joe Scarborough. Inevitably, these regime changes have led to a less safe world. So yeah. an alliance with Russia is the solution to Syria. Do you think Vladimir Putin and Russia are a good and, and reliable partner? Well, um, I, th I think diplomatically that that, is the, that that has to be the solution, is joining hands uh, with uh, Russia to bring, to bring this civil war. To and b by the way, aren't libertarians non-interventionists? I mean, are, are, aren't they not? I mean, I thought, I mean, that was Ron Paul's whole thing. I don't know why we're getting so involved in these overseas conflicts. And and that was, I mean, it was Ron Paul. Ron Paul, in fact, believed the same thing. Now, Gary Johnson, the libertarian candidate, is saying that we need to not only get involved, but we need to align ourselves with Putin and Russia in order to do so. Joe. Um, so Aleppo is the center of a lot of people. <laughs> Here he goes. So oh, let's go back to your f up. <laughs> God, Joe Scarborough's concerns across the planet about uh, the, the terrible humanitarian crisis that's unfolding, not only in Syria, but especially in Aleppo. You asked what is Aleppo do you really think that foreign policy is so insignificant that somebody running for president of the United States shouldn't even know what Aleppo is where Aleppo is why Aleppo is so important well I need uh, Joe Scarborough to say Aleppo one more time Aleppo right. <laughs> don't you know what Aleppo is mm. well uh, no I, I do understand Aleppo um, and I I, I understand uh, the crisis that is going oh on, God. but when we involve ourselves militarily, when we involve ourselves in these humanitarian issues, uh, we, end up, um, we end up with a situation that in most cases is not better uh, and in many cases ends up being worse. Uh, and we find ourselves always, uh, politicians are up against the wall, um, and ask what to do about these things. And this is why we end up committing military force uh, in areas that, um, like I say, at the end of the day, have an unintended consequence uh, of making things worse. Yeah, uh, right. And didn't he just say that we need to align with Putin and Russia to intervene in Syria? Yeah. I mean, that's just it. Okay, fine. He doesn't know what Aleppo is or where it is or what its significance is. I 
do not fully understand. But he, but he contradicts himself directly by saying, yes, what we should do is align with Russia, but no, we shouldn't get involved in these humanitarian crises because it makes things worse. Well, which is it? Which is it? They don't know. I mean, that's just it. With the, the libertarians, libertarians talk a big game. They've always got some sort of nonsense to, to toss at you, some sort of haughty attitude. And then when they're really probed on the actual issues and the actual details, they, they tend to crumble more often than not. Because you know why? You, you know the main, like the ground, ground zero for why libertarianism is so effing ridiculous is this one thing. Ne- just anytime you confront like a Gary Johnson person or a Ron Paul person, ask them this question. When in the history of civilization has a libertarian government actually uh, been formed and then subsequently flourished? And the flourished part is really the important part. Like, when has a libertarian government endured beyond just absolute mayhem and civil war and strife? I mean, you want a libertarian government to look at the success of a libertarian government? <laughs> look at Sudan. Sudan is a libertarian government, and it's a, a goddamn mess. All right. So we're going to take uh, another break. When we come back, we're going to dive into, oh, Trump. We haven't even started talking about Trump yet. That's right after this. Okay, let's talk Patreon. In case you're just joining us, we're rallying all of our listeners to sponsor our little podcast here. And if we reach our crowdfunding goal, we'll give you new full-length shows every weekday. Meanwhile, if you pledge $1, $5, $10, or $15 per month, you'll not only help finance the show, but you'll also get Patreon-only rewards, such as our post-mortem show, our drunken after-party podcast, and for $15 per month, you'll get all of that, plus a commercial-free, unbleeped version of our full-length Tuesday and Thursday shows. If everyone listening right now pledged just $1 a month, that's 12 cents per show, we'd far exceed our goal. Go right now to patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Bob and Chez. Thank you for your support. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. And the second half of today's show is brought to you by the BobSeska.com Amazon link. If you shop at Amazon, enter the site using our link just beneath the logo at BobSeska.com, and we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing and helps support the show. So go shopping, make sure to bookmark it, and if you've got a small business, make sure to source all of your materials through our Amazon link. Okay, moving along here. Finally, we're going to get to some uh, some Donald Trump audio, talk about Donald Trump's performance last night in the Commander of Chief Forum with Matt Lauer. I'm trying desperately not to pile on to Matt Lauer, but you can't help but to pile on to Matt Lauer. Um, Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I think there was structurally a serious problem with the event last night, which is that giving each candidate half an hour to talk about, on, on many different levels, to talk about foreign policy, it's just not enough time, especially when it's someone like Donald Trump. Exactly, and the, because because you know you knew from the beginning that Trump's whole attitude was going to be running out the clock. Yeah, exactly. It just filibustering and just saying words, 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 and using up as much time as he could. And uh, but I mean, my main issue with the Donald Trump half of the Commander in Chief Forum was that you know here was an opportunity to find out if he knows any specifics whatsoever about maybe even just have asked him what is Aleppo. 
I mean, the right. question that Mike Barnacle asked Gary Johnson this morning would have been a perfect leadoff question for Donald Trump. What is Aleppo? I do not fully understand. Nothing else. No other details. And see what he would have done. I bet Donald Trump doesn't know or wouldn't have known what Aleppo was either. And he's the, rep- he's the... Rep- oh, no, I know he Oh, he absolutely... He would have had no idea. No, he absolutely wouldn't have known. And uh, but instead, it's like he just got it was one. But it would have it would have been fun to watch. Unlike Gary Johnson, who I don't know. I don't know whether this is good or bad, said what's Aleppo. He would have faked his way through it. Yeah. And I would have tried and it would have looked just ridiculous. Yeah. He would have been referring to it as Leppo. Yeah. Leppo. Because the question sounded like, what is a Leppo? And so it was like, we're going to make Leppo. We're going to make Leppo so great. Your head will fall off. And then he would have, you know, it just would have been a disaster. And that would have been the story today. But again, I mean, I think most uh, Donald Trump supporters are really thanking the hell out of Gary Johnson. I mean, sending money, sending uh, bouquets of flowers, edible arrangements all to Gary Johnson saying, thank you for wiping out our idi- idiocy from last night with your own form know, of, of you idiocy. I mean, do they really care? Because honestly... It was it was shown last night that the media won't gang up on Trump. I mean, they will to some extent. They yeah. will in, in fits and starts, but not in in a way where it makes it. You know, not the mainstream media, not in a way that it makes any difference. I mean, let's. I mean, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe honestly, maybe it's just maybe it was just a lower thing. You know, maybe it really was. Maybe if put up there with, I think that the problem is that when you put um, when you when when they go one on one. I think you're going to get a lot more uh, teeth out of the media in taking on Donald Trump. But I think that when they have both of them there, they have no choice but to come off as balanced. Yeah. And that's how they feel. So it's like, you know, well, we can't be seen as uh, as being, um, uh, you know, harder on one candidate than the other, which, again, which bugs the piss out of me because objectively Trump has said far more horrific than Clinton has said in her entire political career. Exactly. I mean, he doesn't have 30 years of politics or a 30-year record yeah. uh, in Washington, D.C. That, that, that you can reference to know how he would behave as commander-in-chief, as chief executive. Uh, the, the, the fact is... Oh, my God. He's waiting for the, uh, the airplane to pass by. It's actually a helicopter, I think. Oh, is it? That's Gary. Yeah, you get those. You get those in L.A. all the time. That's Gary. Gary Johnson rapidly flying to Mexico to improve his image. I'm gonna go down there. I'm gonna meet with Mexican President Peña Nieto and work for Trump. It helped. But I mean, the fact of the matter is that that uh, Donald Trump is an is an idiot, and he's got no real experience in politics. So you want to probe him. He deserves to be probed. The very fact that he has said all the things that he has said throughout the course of this campaign has demanded that he be he receive extra attention, extra probing, far beyond Hillary Clinton. And on top of the fact that there's a responsibility because he is so inherently dangerous. To, to really seriously call him out and emphasize the fact that he is dangerous. And I know that flies in the face of people like Glenn Greenwald who think, well, we should get, probe them equally. No, 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 no. Hillary Clinton has been relentlessly uh, uh, scrutinized for, since uh, 1992 at least. Yeah. Donald Trump, zero. Zilch, no scrutiny whatsoever till the last 14 months. And even then, it's been driven through this prism of both sides, false equivalences and they so don't forth. Know, they don't know how to call someone a liar. That's right. 
they don't know how to say that. They no. don't know how to how to say you are lying when you say that. So you are you are not telling the truth. So I want to talk about uh, there's so much to get to here uh, with regard to Donald Trump. We're going to just zip through this last break. And when we come back, we're going to really dive in and talk about, uh, Do- first of all, Donald Trump's secret plan for ISIS right after this. Hey, hey, what's the matter? You look anxious and depressed. I am anxious and depressed. I've had a terrible week. Anything that could go wrong did go wrong. I know just what you need. I was feeling the same way myself last week. I have just the thing. Peace, love, and happiness. Wow, pretty. A peace sign, a heart, and a smiley face soap. Grapefruit, cucumber, and rose. They work wonders. Ah, just looking at them makes me feel better. Thanks, Bubble Genius. BubbleGenius.com Representation of communication with Barack Obama is not intended to be a factual statement. This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to our Thursday show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for bearing with us through all of our uh, technical glitches with the website. I don't know what the hell the problem was. Well, actually, I do. Uh, So Donald Trump has a secret plan for defeating ISIS. And, you know, I mean, here's the way I look at these secret secret plans, which always turn out to be if you have it's like say you're a doctor and you're going for a position at a major hospital like you're going in and you're interviewing to i don't know george georgetown university hospital or something like that big time hospital, john john hopkins something like that and you go in and you say you know i have a secret plan for curing cancer and they yeah. say well what's your secret plan for curing can- well, oh, i can't I, tell you i can't tell you can't tell you i've this it's this plan I'll, t- I'll tell you after you name me chief of oncology <laughs> i know that's right I'm just going to keep my secret plan for, for curing cancer to myself. Even though if you have a secret plan for doing anything that is momentous, like defeating ISIS or, say, curing cancer, you tell important people what that plan is. So this way, if there is any validity to it, if there is any efficacy to be had there, no, then no, make not, it happen. Not if you're, not if you're Donald Trump. Because not if you're Donald, Donald Trump approaches everything like a businessman, and therefore that <laughs> is proprietary right. information. So, but it turns out that Donald Trump's secret plan for ISIS is to ask other people for what their plan might be. I do not fully understand. To give them 30 days to come up with a plan. That's Donald Trump's plan for defeating ISIS. This is astonishing. This was the biggest moment of, of last night's Commander-in-Chief Forum. Here's Donald Trump and uh, Matt Lauer. ISIS. When, when, when we've met in the past and we've talked, you say things like, I'm going to bomb the expletive out of them very quickly. And when people like me press you for details, like that gentleman just said, on what your plan is, you very often say, I'm not going to give you the details because I want to be unpredictable. Absolutely. The word is unpredictable. But yesterday you actually told us a little bit about your plan in your speech. You said this, quote, we're going to convene my top generals and they will have 30 days to submit a plan for soundly and quickly defeating ISIS. So is the plan you've been... Then I'm going to put them on an island where they're going to have to fight to the death. (laughs) 
<laughs> and whoever wins, and we're going to, by the way, we're going to turn it, going to turn it into a reality show. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have my generals come in into my boardroom, and uh, and whichever one comes up with the uh, with the ISIS plan is hired. The rest are fired. Meatloaf, do you have a secret plan for defeating ISIS? Absolutely. There it is. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to assemble my generals in my uh, and in meatloaf. my board, in my boardroom, and the, my, my generals are going to be uh, uh, are going to be uh, Todd Bridges. <laughs> Um, Gary Busey, uh, Scott Bayo, and, and and Antonio Sabato Jr. Of yeah. course, and and Admi- um, Admiral- Lorenzo Lorenzo Lamas, he'll be there. <laughs> Admiral Loaf, Admiral Meat Loaf, and yes. uh, G- General Amorosa will be there too. General Amorosa, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, and and then we're we're gonna whichever one comes up with the plan. Well, they're hired, and the others are fired, and we're gonna shoot it. We're gonna shoot it. <laughs> Uh, for NBC, it's going to be great, and that's why Matt Lauer didn't grill me too much last night because he knows he already knows that NBC Entertainment has talked to him, and he's uh, you know he knows that this is going to be a show. So uh, I, ba- I basically own Matt Lauer at this point. Uh, Doctor Loaf, do you have a secret plan for curing cancer? Absolutely. <laughs> Admiral Loaf. Admiral and, and, Loaf. And I sit here and I mock this because mm-hmm. that's all I've got. Because it's just so. F- depressing otherwise yeah, let's continue with this uh we haven't even gotten to trump's real answer here hiding this whole time asking someone else for their plan no but when i do come up with a plan that i like and that perhaps when i do come up with a plan that i like all right that directly indicates that he doesn't have a plan that he's still waiting to come up with one so by saying, I have a secret plan for fighting ISIS, for defeating ISIS, he's lying, obviously. But even that, even to say, I'm just catching myself here going, oh, he's lying. Yeah, so when has that ever stopped Donald Trump or hurt his odds in the, uh, in the campaign? Never. Mm-hmm. Never. Let's continue here. Agrees with mine or maybe doesn't. I may love what the generals come back with. I will concede. But you have your own plan. I have a plan, but I want to <laughs> be. I don't want to. Look, I have a very substantial i have a plan but i don't i don't want to be look i have a very 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 good very substantial it's a tremendous plan it's a tremendous tremendous plan believe me believe me believe me why is he not just you know (laughs) why is he not kicking his ass all around that place just like no this is nonsense you just said your plan was to ask other people for i mean matt lauer does kind of go there but it wasn't it wasn't probing enough. This is a guy who's obviously making it up as he goes along. What he should have done, what Matt Lauer should have done in that situation is to just pick apart everything he said. Well, wait a minute. You just said, and then go back yeah. to the other thing. And well, none of that happened. Make America great again. We're going to make America great again. I have a substantial Oh, wait, that was, of- that was one of the brain farts, one of the brain damage moments for Donald Trump. Let's go back here. Very substantial chance of winning. Make America great again. We're going to make America great again. I have a substantial chance wow. of winning. I what didn't. Was that, what was that fucking non sequitur? I have a very substantial chance of winning. Make America great again. Make America great again. I have a very substantial chance of winning. That, that is, is a direct quote of what I mean. I, I go back to what I said at the top of the show. There is a. He's got brain damage. I mean, that, I, that's, you know. yeah, that's like a that's like a, a glitch in the matrix. Yeah, I mean, why people aren't targeting him? Instead of Hillary Clinton for saying he's got some, there's something wrong in his gray matter that's causing him to say, I have a substantial chance of winning. Make America great again. Make America great again. I have a substantial chance of winning. He basically is. He's just a a machine that spits out a series of of stupid, you know, buzzwords. Right. (sighs) He can't talk. He's incapable of of uh, maintaining a single thought for any length of time. Yep. 
Yep. He goes off on tangents constantly, mm-hmm. constantly. He really, he really does sound like someone who has just very serious ADD, and that's what uh, what Schwartz said about him, his his former biographer. Oh yeah, I have a very substantial chance of winning. Make America great again. We're gonna make America great again. I have a substantial chance of winning. If what I win, the hell was that? I don't. Want- I don't know. <laughs> I do not fully understand. I don't know what that was at all. I'm going to broadcast to the enemy exactly what my but plan is. And keep- let me tell you, if I like maybe a combination of my plan and the general's plan or the general's plan, if I like their plan, Matt, I'm not going to call you up and say, Matt, we have a great plan. This is what Obama does. We're going to leave Iraq on a certain But day. you're going to convene a panel of, ju- of generals, and you've already said you know more about ISIS than those generals. Well, they'd probably be different. Gen- no, no, Matt Lauer doesn't probe him about saying he already had a plan, but now he doesn't have a plan. Right. He says, well, you're going to convene a bunch of generals who you say are incompetent. And that, that was the other thing that uh, Donald Trump, his, I guess his job creation plan, once he becomes president, is just to fire a crap load of generals and admirals and then to, to, to hire new admirals and generals to, <laughs> to replace them. Most likely the ones that just endorsed him. He's got a, and he was talking about that last night. He was talking about he's got a whole list of admirals and generals who endorsed him and that he is going to elevate them as possible replacements for all of the current staff of generals and admiral. This uh, God. I mean, it's just completely through the military under the bus here. Generals, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm looking at the generals. Today, you probably saw, I have a piece of paper here, I could show it, 88 generals and admirals. Yeah. Endorsed me today. It's a number. These are Hillary great. Well, it's not more really. numbers. Uh, it's not. Well, yeah, numbers. Uh, people that have been losing for us for a long period of time. I mean, the fact is, we have had. I mean, for a guy who never served in the military to say that about the military <laughs> in I public, I just, I just want this guy to get fucking stomped. Yeah. Good just God. you know, like 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 Dennis Miller used to say back when he was funny, stomped like a narc at a biker rally. Yeah, I mean, can you see now why you know the Trump people have got to be you know getting down on their knees and just b- utterly blowing effigies of Gary Johnson, if not know, literally doing thing, it. I, I just he deserves to be called out like over and over for this. Just every idiotic you know turd nugget that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> turd nugget. Yeah. And I just, you know, and he just wasn't. for God's sakes. He wasn't. And Glenn Greenwald's telling us we need to devote equal time to probing Hillary Clinton. God, well, f*** Greenwald, honestly. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. The worst, and you could even say the dumbest foreign policy, our results are so bad, we would have been better off had we never, ever spent $2 in you that recently, part of the world. You recently, you recently. All right, that was... Uh... That was Trump's answer on his secret plan for ISIS. Then, you know, later he was asked about a very, very serious issue in the military. It was the issue now where there are more and more women serving and there are uh, increased incidences of of rape in the military. Uh, How do we confront this? And Donald Trump's plan is to create a court within the military to pursue this sort of thing and... Not realizing that there already is. <laughs> That's why they call courts. it a court martial. Has he never watched an episode of MASH? I mean, for God's sake. <laughs> I mean, this is something that everyone knows about, and he didn't know about it. Here's, uh, here's that po- point in the uh, Commander G Forum. As president, what specifically would you do to support all victims of assault in the military? It's a great question, and it's a massive. Let's- 
let's stop for just a minute. Okay. And let me let me tell you something about Trump that probably doesn't need to be said. Right. When <laughs> when someone like that, he, that guy was a vet, right? Yeah. Military vet. Okay. Yep. When someone who's a military vet, especially, calls Donald Trump Mr. Trump, his micro penis gets just a tiny bit harder <laughs> because there is nothing Trump loves more than that show of respect. Mr. Trump. He demands that he is called Mr. Trump. <laughs> I know someone who was on The Apprentice, yeah. and this person told me that that is something that is sort of in their contracts. They have to at all times call him Mr. Trump. And when you hear him, he had a quote the other day where he says, you know, I have a lot of people coming up to me all the time and they're always saying, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, because that's that to him, that honorific mm -hmm. is so hugely important to him oh, because yeah. it puffs up his already fucking puffy orange ego. And you, you'll hear it uh, from Katrina Pearson. You'll hear it from Healy Baumgartner. It's always yeah, that, is a, that is a that is a thing with him. It's always Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump problem. Uh, the numbers are staggering, hard to believe even, but we're going to have to run it very tight. I at the same time want to keep the court. We're going to have to run it very tight. He's just, he's just, he's just bullshit. Yeah. And nobody is calling him out for it. Nobody is sitting there going, look, I got to be honest with you. I, I would, I need a specific here. I need something that is specific yeah. that, that, that tells me that you have seriously thought this through and that you are not just giving, not that you're not just a split second away from choking and then saying San Dimas high school football rules. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, now here's he's, this is when he's going to talk about forming a military court system within the military. I don't think it should be outside of the military, but we have to come down very, very hard on that. And your daughter is absolutely very, very. right. It is a massive problem, but we have to do something about that problem. And the best thing we can do is set up a court system within the military. Right now, the court system practically doesn't exist. In 2000, we're going to have to set up a court system Within, within the, military. the military, right now it practically doesn't exist. Like the fact that it's existed for how many, you know, how many, like what, hundreds of years at this point? Right. But he also said that we need to set one up as if there isn't already one. And then he admits yeah. that there is one, but that it hasn't, that it's terrible and that it doesn't work. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It's just I mean, that's every just time he of, gets called, he just jumps to another lily pad. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And, yeah, and he what, just sidesteps. He has, because he, he, yeah, he's wrong on everything. He knows nothing. Yes. He is a fucking know nothing. And if Lester Holt isn't watching social media right now and realizing what he has got to do on the, I think it's the 27th when the first debate is, he needs to ask Trump about specifics actual things the mike barnacle question ask what aleppo is or don't use that one because obviously he's going to know the answer to that one now but go through some some more specifics some details about the syrian civil war ask him about iraq ask him about iran some of the finer points about it not just these big things where he can go off and filibuster with all of his oh it would be very very good believe me and we'll do this and we'll form a court no you got to ask him about not only specifics in terms of policy, but specifics in terms of things that he's already said. And that was, I mean, one thing that we've, we've heard from Tony Schwartz is to ask him about what he said already, because then he tends to double down on that. So you ask him about something offensive that he said, and he'll go, well, yeah, because that's what he did. He was asked whether or not um, men and women serving together leads to rape. And of course, he said, yeah, that's an accurate statement. That's what, because he tweeted something like that. Not too long ago, didn't he? I mean, he, I think the what was the uh, what was the tweet here? It said uh, oh, this was from May of 2013. He said 26,000 unreported sexual assaults in the military, only 238 convictions. What did these geniuses expect when they put men and women together? 
which is basically like right. and there's boy, your boys will be boys. And there's your answer, by the yeah. way. That's the thing that Matt Lauer should have come back with. Yeah. He should have said, this is what your response was to that. Right. Don't talk about what a great problem, what a big, you know, big, big, massive, very, very big, massive problem it is. Because this is what you said about that before. You fucking dismissed it. That's right. And Lauer, I mean, Lauer, to his credit, actually brought up that tweet. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, and, and Trump's response was, it is a correct tweet. There are many people that think that is absolutely correct. Is that what he said? That's there Donald Trump's response. Oh there are many people that think that is absolutely correct. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's what they told me. Just, God damn it. This, oh, God. How and then did we uh, get here? This has to end. And then, then I mean, on to Iraq, for God's sake, where not only, I mean, here's Donald Trump's position on Iraq. This is his current stated position. Set aside all of the time. And BuzzFeed documented all the times Donald Trump supported the Iraq war. Um Donald Trump's position on the Iraq war today is that we never should have got in. It was the biggest foreign policy disaster in American history. Uh, and yet he says that we should have stayed there indefinitely. Yeah. And no one's calling him out on that. Matt Lauer should have said, what are you talking about? You just said it was the worst idea in the history of American foreign policy. And now you're saying that we should have stayed there. We should have left our troops there indefinitely. And even after withdrawing them, we should have left some ambiguous team. He was, he was talking about leaving some team to take the oil, to guard the oil fields. Oh, and by the way, only Donald Trump knows that Iraq has one of the largest oil reserves in the world. That's, what, that's the other thing that Donald Trump said last Not many people know this, but Iraq has the largest, you know, it's just like he just looked up the Wikipedia thing. Right. It's like, not many people know this, but the capital of Iraq is Baghdad. Like, oh, really? Thank you, Donald Trump, for that insight. Is that I was totally against the war in Iraq. You can look at Esquire magazine from 2004. You can look at before that, he said last night. And yet he said, we need to stay there on and on and on. He, by the way, he also said, and somebody else would do something else. That was one of his responses. <laughs> Lovely. And somebody else would do something else. Really, do you think? Do you think that's the case? Oh, God. All right, we're gonna, we are gonna got to wrap up the show here because we're uh, running a little bit late. Oh, not, not terribly late. But we're going to cover some more stuff in the uh, post-mortem show briefly. We're going to have to do a brief post-mortem show. But you know what? Before we wrap up the show, we need to mention the cyber. The cyber is big, according to Donald Trump. <laughs> the, the cyber. All right. Uh, let's see. Who, who is he talking to? He was talking to uh, Mike Flynn, General Flynn. And he was asked about cyber war, the use of, of cyberspace by ISIS. He's calling it cyber. Trump said, well, that's it. And you know, cyber is becoming so big today. It's becoming something that a number of years ago, short number of years ago, wasn't even a word. And now the cyber is so big. And why you know, is, why is somebody not pointing out that he is leaving words out, that he's an idiot? <laughs> uh, you know, you've got, honestly, he, he has managed to turn, this fucking clown has managed to turn Hillary Clinton's supposed health issues because she coughs a couple of times into a big deal. And yet, like you said, nobody, nobody is looking at this guy going, look, he may have serious mental issues. Yeah. And by the way, it's 2016. I mean, enough with the information superhighway thing. Like, oh my God, this this rock and roll rhythm is here to stay. It's like they're talking about the internet as if it's something that's brand new. It is 2015.
fucking 16. You do not say that, <laughs> and now the cyber is so big. And you know, you look at what they're doing with the internet. That was a sentence. That was a sentence. Here's a sentence. Here's, I'm going to repeat that back. And now the cyber is so big. And you know, you look at what they're doing with the internet. There yeah. are web mails and internets that you can look at porn with. I don't know what he, I don't know what his impression of the internet is. Do you think someone who's on Twitter so often wouldn't be so surprised at the existence of the technology? It was like that David Lee Roth clip that we played years ago, where he's just so yeah, amazed at tattoos. Yeah. Like all these people are going around with these tattoos. It's amazing. Tattoo. And the cyber, the cyber is so big. This internet, you type in www. It's mind blowing. All right. Uh, we'll see. Hey, we're going to see you again on the uh, after party on Friday and the uh, postmortem show that's coming up next at patreon.com slash Bob and Jess. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I do not fully understand.